What's up, guys? Heathen Culture Podcast. All right, so this is a long time in the making. We're talking 28, 29 years? 27, on the 27th. 27 years of friendship on our birthday, October 27th of of this year. We'll be friends for 27 years. Uh, The co-owner of one of my favorite little places to hide out during COVID. And possibly the inventor of one of my favorite sayings, you can't unlick my asshole, (laughs) Miss Christy Lee Sides. Thank you. All right. So we got got to just get this out of the way. Dylan, I'm sorry, buddy. Close your ears. Um, You can't unlick my asshole is one of my favorite sayings. It's my uh, literally my definite favorite ha- favorite hashtag I've ever seen in my life. You want to give like a brief history on that? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> no. It basically is a is a dating situation that went horribly wrong. Yeah. Let's just say that. I lost so many pairs of shorts to that guy. Because <laughs> you're all the same size. We're the same size. Same size booty. Yeah, like he just liked the color of them. He likes the, the female clothing. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, <laughs> the, you know, there's. There's, there is someone out there for everyone, and sometimes it's another dude. <laughs> that being said, let's move forward in the podcast. All right, so I've known her what fourth grade? That's fourth grade. Fourth grade. Um, a lot of people don't realize you and I went to a very, very small country town for schooling, uh, Cold Spring, Oakhurst. Um, What's the population out there right now? Like 7,000, give or take a few cows. And that's two towns. It's two towns. It's Cold Spring, Evergreen, like Point Blank, all of that. That's all like yeah, that whole yeah, area yeah. combined. Yeah. That's a, it's a really small town, USA. Mm-hmm. Small town, Texas, where, uh, where football is king still. Mm-hmm. Do you still uh, ever go out during the football games during the fall? Uh, when I can. Uh, they're still a lot of fun to go to, and you still see people from the old class there, so it's kind of nice to go catch up. And you go see people who literally haven't changed. They've never left town. Some of them have left and come back. You know, that's the boat I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I left, and as the business grows and, you know, Lord willing, we're still successful, that's my goal is to move back out there. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I thought, like, I was like, you know what? The city's going to be awesome. We'll move the city. Now I've been to, like, multiple states, multiple big cities, and I'm like, my little small town. I kind of miss it. Yeah, the, all the buildings lose their luster after a while, and you kind of want to go back to something quiet as you get older. And then you also don't want neighbors. You don't. When growing up, you want neighbors because you want the kids and playful, and you want to make friends. And you get to be an adult, and you're like, I don't fucking like y'all. I don't hate like, people at all. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get let's get the background on you, okay? Let's let's fast forward. 2002 you graduate high school um let, let's let's start off there like you're one of the best bartenders i know uh, and, and i'm sorry I, i'm saying that incorrectly you're one of the best mixologists that i know because and it, here's the reason why I, I differentiate to me i'm not knocking bartenders bartenders are some of the coolest people on this planet they they live their life the way they want to on their terms, usually they're tattooed. They have a good time. They they'll listen to you about your day. Some of them actually care. Some of them don't give a fuck. 
But it, it, it's a really cool profession. But what you do is you have this creative energy when you're doing your job and you're coming up with all these amazing drinks and you're getting published and you're you're getting sponsorships and doing this and this and this. It's not just pouring a Jack and Coke or, or, or Tito's Vodka. Tito's and Vodka. Let me get a Greek and Vodka. Can I get a Tito's and Vodka? Or, uh, you know, or, or Cranberry with Splash, you know? Yeah. That, to me, that's bartending. What you do is, is mixology. It's it's something different. Uh, I, I like Higher to, end. I like to avoid the the M word. I, just because I, I still like to think of myself as a bartender. Uh and I'm not knocking anybody that calls himself a mixologist. I, I like to think of it as just more doing cocktails as opposed to just pouring drinks. But the, the M word, I don't mind it, but it, it does sound like a little pretentious. It, it's a little douchebaggy. Yeah, it's, it, it comes off a little bit better because I'm, I'm still behind the stick. I'm still yeah. behind the bar. The thing you put your feet up on when you sit up, that's the bar or the little metal railing across. That's where the, t- the name comes from. Yeah. Uh, because it's a bar you put your feet on. It's a bar you put your feet on. And I I still just like to think of myself as a bartender that does cocktails. Because it's what my pub does. We do craft cocktails, but we're not going to turn our nose up at the poor guy that just wants a Bud Light. And yeah. Just wants to hang out. Not, no curse? Nah, I have curse lot. <laughs> got curse lot. I got curse. But, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because there are a lot of people that call themselves a mixologist because the 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 term. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's to me, it's kind of like one of those things you have to earn. And craft, craft cocktail engineer, whatever. You, you're just phenomenal at what you do. I only think of myself as a spirits Yule advisor. Spirits Yule advisor. Yeah, I like that. It's very, <laughs> it's like quick with it. Um, so, what made you want to do this? Like, what made I, I know everybody goes, "Well, money." Well, no shit, Sherlock. But what made you want to get into it and pursue it to this level? Ah. Uh, Probably about five years ago, uh, I, I had always been a bartender on and off. I've worn a lot of different hats, but probably about five or six years ago when I got to really see, actually it would be longer than that, when I first started hanging out at cocktail bars and started seeing what they were doing and looking at all these classics and looking at the garnishes and looking at the attention to detail, I kind of fell in love with it and didn't know anything about it. So. I got really lucky with Wild Ginger and Lourdes and all them gave me such creative freedom and I got to go around and learn and then, you know, I got a little taste of a high caliber cocktail place when I went to go work at 8 Row Flint and saw what those bartenders were capable of and I was overwhelmed and definitely out of my league. I had to uh, take a step back and humble myself and go learn a lot more and yeah. spend a lot of time practicing and studying the flavor bible and I can attribute a lot of my knowledge to Steve at El Big Bad. You know, Steve is the That's one, one of my favorite places in Houston. Yeah, it's, I worked there on and off for three years. I loved working for the Sharmas. Is, my, uh, is my boy still there? Which one? Mario. Mario is at Secret Garden. Oh. Uh, which is another great bar if you get a chance to go over there. Super, super craft. Very, okay. Very pretty cocktails, great atmosphere, all glass windows around. You definitely get a good vibe like you're in a garden. Okay, very cool. But Steve taught me a lot about combining flavors and I got to practice a lot of that because they were an infusion bar so you got to mix and match different skills you were essentially making a margarita over and over but you got to combine different flavors so yeah like, like one of my favorite ones was a cucumber mint hibiscus you know things that you know six or seven years ago I would have never thought to throw in a glass together 
Yeah, you used to make me, um, it would be like ginger habanero blueberry margarita. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. People are going to think I'm an alcoholic after talking about this. Because <laughs> I, I, I own a gym, but I, I work out so I can enjoy a good cocktail or seven. You, you should never deny yourself. No, no, absolutely not. So, like, going to 8 Row Flint, that kind of, like, catapulted you into really diving into mm-hmm. your craft. Now... Before that, you were just, you know, your run-of-the-mill uh, bartender mm-hmm. for the most part. You were working at the sports bars, things like that. Whenever you s- switched over to 8 Row Flint and all these different higher-end bars, what kind of clientels have you noticed a difference in? Like, Because somebody goes, oh, just go to a bar. But people don't realize there's different kinds of clientele. Mm-hmm. Just like with this business, it's not the, the 24-hour fitness connection people it's the people that are very serious about what they do what kind of clientele difference uh, i would definitely say that uh the clientele that goes to cocktail bars are more ones that you know they they love to see pretty things they have the palette that they have the palette for trying new things different they're not afraid to try anything new uh they love to see what people come up with um and a lot of people there's still people out there that you know, appreciate spirits. So in Eight Rose case, there were still people that appreciate American whiskey and that's what they specialized in. So Eight Row was definitely a good place for people in the Heights to go and let their palate with, you know, Buffalo Trace Experimentals or E.H. Taylor, you know, yeah. stuff that you don't find at a lot of normal bars, you know, just ones that specialize in that particular spirit. I gotcha. So, so- now, kind of adjusting the the profile, because I mean, you know, we we always joke about because you're one of the best people on social media, like for <laughs> for humor, like you know the the joke we made earlier about the Coors Light. You know, you had the bad review because you didn't carry Coors Light at El Big Bad, yeah. <laughs> um, which is still one of my favorite things. Your humor on social media, people know you as Christy the bartender. The cocktail girl, whatever. But people don't realize, like, you are just one of the best trolls on social media that I've ever seen. And and Levi Drake, who will probably listen to this, uh, I've, he calls me one of the best trolls. And I'm like, I have to look up to you because you're so good at it. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. Where, where, where does this come from? Like, where does this um, fun come from? Built up aggression. <laughs> Come on. No, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I suppose it's one of those things. Like, you have to, you got to take the whole thing with a grain of salt. And Facebook, I don't think, should be taken as seriously as everybody does. And I've, I've been deleted more times than I could count for my trolling escapades and all that. But it's, I mean, it's really a place like, yeah, you're, you're going to get on there and argue with a complete stranger. Yeah. About... Oh, I don't know. Uh, some random video they saw of a woman arguing at the airport with another person about a COVID mask or something. It was like, you're really just going to go back and forth with a complete stranger and threaten to fight each other. So I'll get on there and make some obscene comment about butt stuff. or. Oh, yeah. I know. It's, it's <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, thank you. Well, like, I don't know. I kind of look at, like, with social media and where we've taken it. Social media is meant to be fun. Yeah. I use it for a lot of business, and that's how we get our thing out there. And that's and and you are doing the same thing with your new uh, venture. 
But like social media is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. Now it's become so serious and so political and and you can't have a funny thought without being the cancel culture coming after mm-hmm. you. What is probably the worst thing that you think was stupid that you got uh, jailed for? You know, I've never been put in Facebook jail. No? Yeah, that's the crazy part. All that shit I've posted on there over the years and I've never been. Oh, wait, no, I take that back. I take that back. Uh, there was a guy who had a serious girlfriend and was sending me all these lewd messages. So I posted screenshots of them and then somebody reported it for hate speech. Really? Yeah, and I got locked out of Facebook for my birthday weekend at that. So this was like three or four years ago. So I couldn't post anything for my birthday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I took for my birthday. Man, um, I, you know, I've never been put in Facebook jail, but I think I got shadow banned recently. Mm. Um, my buddy Scott McDonald, who was on here, super political. Great guy, but super political. And he, and he bases a lot of his uh, opinions on, like, textbook facts. That's, you know, he's, like, studied the Constitution, studied Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, things like that. He's, but he's a white guy. Like, super intelligent, but very confrontational. And uh, he's working in D.C. right now. And he was, I think he got shadow banned because I posted a video that he sent me. So, he's an electrician. He's working for a union. And they're, they're hard hats. All these guys have Biden for president stickers. Well, in Sharpie, he wrote, all pedophiles need to be killed. I did see this video. Yeah. Okay. I did. I, I skimmed past it, but I saw it. Yeah. Um, they told him if he wants to work, he needs to take that off his hel- off of his hard hat. And they're like, um, he goes, why? He goes, pedophiles are people too. Ew. That's what the union told them. And he goes, you want to work and get a paycheck, you're going to have to take that off your hard hat. So he sent me the video showing that, and then he showed me he had to erase it. But I think I got shadow banned for it, for posting that up. Because I was like, all pedophiles need to be shot and killed. I mean, they do, though. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I don't put this out there very often, but I'm very... On the podcast, I've made a rule for myself. I have to be transparent. If I'm not transparent, I don't think I'm going to be authentic. Um, as a child, when I was eight, I was a victim of a pedophile. And so, for me, I think... Uh, hold on, I, got to, I forgot to turn this off. Um, as a victim of a pedophile, I just, I can't, there's nothing about them that will ever be safe to me. I'm like, it'll never happen. And so anytime I see something like that, I share it. So I'm like, pedophiles are the worst people mm-hmm. on the planet. But I think I got shadow banned because I did that. And it sucks. Well, the, the whole notion that pedophiles are people too is just such an acidine comment because those Absolutely. people didn't view children as people when they were hurting them. Yeah, as, no kidding. As a victim myself, at the age of nine, like I have absolutely no empathy for anybody that commits a sexually related crime against a child or any yeah. kind of abuse of any kind. I feel like we should get an island and hunt them on it. Uh, predator. <laughs> predator style. Predator style. Yeah. Nets and blades. and Sexual predator. Tannerite and everything. <laughs> Your country's coming out. Yeah. Tannerite and everything. Tannerite and everything. Release the hogs. That's Fuck them up. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's and and that's the thing. Like I, you know, I, I, I we don't talk political. You and I don't. But I think for me, that's a part of this landscape we're in now. That 
it's racism versus pedophiles and this and that. I'm like, what happened to this good people? They're still here. I think they are. I think yeah. there are. I just don't think there are any in. I don't think there are very many in, in leadership. So that, that's kind of where I, I, my brain goes. Yeah, you gotta start. I mean, looking for good people starts with voting, and it, it is. A, I try not to get too political, but you know, it takes time to vote all the bad people out. You can't. You can't get them in one shot. You can't get them in one shot. You have to do it over time, and this is something that's been these people have been habitually elected in and career politicians you know most of their entire lives and people have just kept them there so it's it starts with you know you and me and being responsible and paying attention to policies and tax ideas and environmental ideas all that stuff to pay attention to that and stop letting social media dictate your opinion of someone yeah and it, it, it just starts with, you know, voting locally and moving up from there. Absolutely. I think, you know, with with the the climate we're in, with people and social media and, and mainstream media and all this stuff, it's like we have enough on our plates as business owners to tack on, you know, shitty leadership that we have to vote for. Is this a problem? I, I, I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. To me, it's one of those things that just doesn't really fly. But getting away from politics and all that fun stuff, uh, you're now business owner. You're now pub owner. You know, before, like, were you part owner with Highlander or no? I was not. I was just their bartender. Okay. You're like lead bartender, right? Mm-hmm. So you and Wes, the owner, mm-hmm. what, did, didn't he have a partner with? He did. He was partners with John, uh, who owned the breakfast place and... Um, the Highlander Pub, and then some little breakfast place in Magnolia. Never, don't remember the name. Whatever, what happened with Highlander? Um, you know, I mean, long story short, uh, John was a very difficult man to work for. Uh, he was not easy to get along with. He was very irrational. He was, he had anger issues for sure. Uh, I mean, you're talking about, you know, Wes and I arriving to work and just dreading pulling in the driveway and seeing his car there because we don't know what he's going to yell at us about today. Um, that's always fun. He yelled at us at about he yelled at us one day about leaving a fork in one of the sinks overnight. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, he was one of the, he wanted the pub run a certain way and he wanted us to make X amount of dollars, but he would never show us profit. Uh, he would never lift a finger to help anything in there. And to make matters worse, you know, we had to answer to one of his managers at the breakfast place who is rumored to be his mistress. You know, there's no idea whether or not that's true or not, but it's definitely rumored that they're having an affair. Well, and and the thing is, is uh, from the stories you told me, she kind of didn't really leave much uh, room for error in those in those rumors either. Mm. And so, like, what ended up being the the straw that broke the camel's back? Uh, you know, Wes uh, <clears throat> Wes decided to part ways with the Highlander and announced it publicly and. You know, we had a few regulars that are now our regulars at the Blue Line Pub. You know, they they voiced their disdain for it. They they weren't happy Wes was leaving. You know, he was the only reason they went there. And John's manager, let's see, quotation marks, uh, she took to the social media page and started picking fights with all the people on social media. Wait, leaving bad reviews? The ones that left bad reviews or just uh, people in general? The people left bad reviews after she attacked them on social media. She was... Mm. 
She was calling the, you know, you're calling bar regulars a bunch of drunks. What the fuck do you think they come there to do? We're there to drink. Yeah, they're there money. to drink. I bet. I mean, you're you're calling people drunks. You're calling people fat bitch. You're telling them to come over here like you're gonna fight somebody, and then you expect like everybody and their mom to not see that and not leave a review. Yeah. And uh, you know, then she started in on me because I was led to believe that I was still gonna be bartending and working at the place. But then once I saw that Wes was leaving and how she acted, I decided to leave too. I decided to follow him out the door, and then. The two bartenders we had working there followed me out the door. So they basically had nobody. And then I was replaced with a Vegas bartender. So impressive. Uh, and they became known for their Long Island iced teas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do like a good Long Island, though. Everybody right? likes a good on Long Island when they're underage. Hey, I, you know, <laughs> I, I ordered one in Tennessee, and I was, it was made with moonshine. So I was like... Mm. That's a little different. That's probably a specialty kind of. Yeah, it was. It was. It was delicious though. It was like spicy Long Island tea, so it was pretty tasty. That sounds good, actually. It was probably used with like actual fresh juices and stuff. Well, yeah. Well, we were at the Old Smoky Distillery where they make the moonshine. Do you think they use actual tea? I have some. I, uh, I bought. It's called Tea Shine. Nice. So I'll, I'll bring you some to the bar. See what you think. Yeah, we just we had a horrific falling out with them, and we just. It was so, we were so happy to get away. And then, uh, oh God, I think What's Her Face, like, posted this Facebook thing and it was like, due to change in management, the Highlander pub will be closed for a little while. And God forbid you expect a businesswoman who thinks she's better than everybody to differentiate between D O and D U E in that sentence. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, then you and Wes, which, you know, Wes is a great guy. Um, I've talked to him a handful of times. I, I've gone in there when you aren't there, and he goes, are you here to see Christy? I'm like, no, I'm here to drink. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's what we do when we're here. Um, so y'all decided to go and open your own thing. Now, y'all, it was right before COVID, right? It was. We opened the beginning of March, and we had to shut down the day after St. Patrick's Day. I had to be open about eight days, and then we closed, and then we reopened six weeks later in May with the rest of the restaurants. Uh, because of your blue license. Mm-hmm. Legally, I'm a restaurant. So what So what differentiated you from a, a bar? Uh, my blue restaurant license, uh, I mean, basically exactly what it sounds like on paper. Uh, I'm legally classified as a restaurant, as are a majority of the places in the 77380 zip code. There yeah. actually are no straight bars in the woodlands, like... Even when you think about, you know, bakers or gooses or mahonies or any of those places, they still have full functioning kitchens. They still serve dinner, everything like yeah. that. So there, there is no just uh, there is no just alcohol serving places in that zip code. Why is that? It's the township. They don't allow it. They don't allow it. Oh, well, that's, the, that's different. The Woodlands isn't technically a city. They don't have a mayor or anything. They have a township. And it's a business. It's a business. Yeah. So per the township, they want restaurants. They don't want a bunch of bars around. Well, that's, that that I guess that kind of makes sense. But mm-hmm. I mean, bars. I mean, especially uh, tax dollars. I mean, they just make money. Well, we're still getting taxed on the alcohol. We still have liquor licenses. We yeah. still have to pay a fuck ton, and they did not give us a break on the taxes during COVID. Yeah, um, my my local, uh, you know, state. They called me and they're like. Well, you owe taxes. And I'm like, uh, we were out of business mm-hmm. for six weeks. 
would you like me to send you an invoice for zero dollars? And they're like, well, if you didn't make any money, I'm like, we we we, we survived. Yeah. We didn't make anything. Did y'all's landlord work with y'all at all? or? We were okay financially. Uh, we didn't have to. We were one of the few places that were fortunate enough to not have to worry about something like that. That's why we didn't do to-go alcohol or to-go food or anything. We just waited it out. We were financially stable enough to hold out till wintertime if we had to. Really? Uh, yeah. So did you... So, like... And, and that the landlord took care of y'all, gave y'all a break, things like that, and then y'all moved forward, or we, y'all just kept paying and like, all right, we can hold out till winter if we, we paid, need to. We paid our rent, and uh, in hindsight, six weeks wasn't you know that bad, and uh, we didn't open May first. We took a day to prep and set up and everything, and then we reopened May second, and we uh, actually did very very well for being twenty five percent capacity. There were. So many people, oh, God bless our regulars, they're all so loyal and wonderful. Like, they were so excited to, you know, just get out of the house, go have a drink, have somebody make food for them. And, you know, we were able to finagle it a little bit. We separated the tables, and then there was no capacity for outside. And yeah. the weather was still really decent. So oh, I remember. Lot, it was wonderful. A lot of people were still happy to go sit outside. And yeah. then we had a very lucrative June, July, and August. So, we, I mean, we caught back up. We've got back to that thing where the where the steady rolling train that's you know not rolling super fast but it's rolling and it's picking up speed well i mean that that's good i guess a lot of people don't understand like the differences in the licenses Mm -hmm. like for a bar license is where you're at 51 percent it's uh 51 percent of your sales come from alcohol and you being what you are, you had obviously less, or did you have like a different program because of how new y'all were? I mean, I, like, because people are so confused. Mm. Like, how can this place be open if they don't have a full kitchen, or if they're not having a full menu, or or what they what the state deems a full menu? Because well, it a lot of places, unfortunately, and I and I hate to say it like this, a lot of places got strong armed into getting their blue restaurant license just so they could open and pay their bills. And it was completely unfair. So the the blue restaurant license basically states that a majority of your sales come from food. And the 51% license is a majority of your sales come from alcohol. Now you do have a lot of these places that have the red 51% because they're either 21 and up and advertised as a bar, but they do have full kitchens. So it's, it's, it's really completely illogical that a place that has a full kitchen, has the ability to sell food, has, you know, the way to produce dinners and all that cannot open because they, a majority of their sales are alcohol. And it's completely unfair. And there's really no difference between, uh, you know, let's, let's say Fieldings and Baker Street. I mean, on, as far as, you know, the concept theme and all that, of course, they're two different things. One's farm to table and has good food. The other's more pub style food. But... In a sense, they both have full bars and full kitchens. So it's it's really ridiculous that the governor allowed buildings to be open yeah. and made Baker Street remain closed. Yeah. I know, just because Baker Street's a, more of a bar and they're 21 and up. Well, and, and when I picked my fight and, and, and was able to open back up, you know, I just said, what's the difference between me, a building with four walls and gym equipment in it, 
that people can come in, work out, burn off some of this crazy energy versus a furniture store that's been allowed to be open at 100% capacity the whole time. Four walls with furniture in it and everybody's sitting on it and you don't see a salesman going by and wiping everything off. Yeah. So that's kind of where like I'm going because with it with you because to me there's no difference between you being open as a blue license slash bar. I mean, most of your you do sell a lot of drinks, mm-hmm. but you all do sell some food. Versus like say um Exit. Well, not just exit. We'll, we'll say a, a big chain, Chili's. Okay. Because Chili's is open until two o'clock. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. There really isn't. Mm-hmm. And so my que- my question would always be, well, is COVID going to get you because you're, you know, because you got a plate of fries in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Does the plate of fries give you like a force fill? They do. They do. A lot of people don't want that. And you can actually, if you like pay the $3 extra for the truffle fries, you get the extra lasting force fill, like the ones in Star Wars. Oh, like like nothing gets through. Yeah, nothing. Man. And you get a Jar Jar Binks with it. All right, I need to get the extra force filled truffle fries. Truffle fries. Truffle fries. fries, Always. Truffle butter fries? No, 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 just truffle. (laughs) You don't need the butter. (laughs) We already passed that part. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, that's the biggest thing. Like I, I talk to people like it seems to be COVID is comes up a lot on the podcast, but I think that's like one of the things right now going on. I don't like getting political people because I look at it as I'm fiscally conservative but socially liberal. Mm-hmm. So like I'm sorry, I'm I'm in the middle for most things. But with COVID, it's like all logic is thrown out the window. Now, um, by law, someone has to wear a mask to come into your spot. That's true. And and sit down and then can take it off and they're COVID free. Well, that's a free area because Montgomery County is not enforcing it. Correct. And we have practiced enough sanitary precautions that people feel comfortable enough to come in and TABC's come into my place a few times and you know they can clearly see that we're never a super super busy spot we're more of a steady laid-back neighborhood pad we're not a party bar so people are very distanced they're sitting on their own and we tell people when they walk in I'm like you can take it off and people are absolutely relieved yeah well like I look at um, a place I like to go is Deacon Baldy's mm-hmm. Magnolia they're for the most part completely outdoors um and you literally cannot walk onto their property without a mask on and you can only sit four people to a table you can't go to the bar and order without a mask on and you can't go visit another table because said tabc shut them down right i'm like if tba tabc is not going to shut you down but they, why did they shut them down and they're outdoors I guess that doesn't make sense to me. I, I think it has a lot to do with I started out with the restaurant licensing and I opened this year. So there's nothing from 2019 for them to audit. So there's there's no way to say to, you know, really predict that I sell this X amount of food. So it's OK for me to be open, which still doesn't make sense. Including especially Deacon. Well, there should be no capacity outside yeah, at all. Uh, I agree. As long as you're social distancing, I don't see why you have to be huddled together. 
wearing a mask or why you can't talk to people. And I, I mean, especially like, I hate to say it, but we, we all took our precautions. We all did our part. It, we're coming up on the middle of October, almost the end of October. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit ridiculous now at this point to keep making people jump through all these hoops and picking and choosing favorites on which bar and restaurant can do what when it should be consistent for all of us. Correct. And it's also really unfair to, oh, sit there and look at a place like Target or Walmart or H-E-B. H-E-B, all the all these places, and they can just be packed with people. And the, the mall's open. Uh, you, I mean, you literally do all this shit, and then some poor bar owner that's been open for 10 or 15 years that's got nothing but a you know a grease fryer in the back that just provides club food and regulars, and poor guy can barely pay his rent and can't even stay open anymore, all because the state decided that because he serves more alcohol, it's not safe for people to go there. And, and that's the one thing I guess I've, I've never understood. And I, do you guys, when I say you guys, as a person in y'all's profession, do you have people coming around or, or bulletins or something going out saying you can't do this because of this reason? Or, or, or is it just like you're like the rest of us and you find out on the news? Like It's sad. Uh, you know, we learn what we can from TABC and then, you know, my partner's an attorney, so he's got an ear to the ground for a lot of stuff. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, we get it from when the governor decides to make another announcement. Wow. That's just, that just seems kind of shitty. Like, as a, as a business owner, you should have the ability to fight back. Mm-hmm. And it seems like TABC has just strong-armed everybody into spending more money to get a license. Mm-hmm. To, how much is a blue license? Uh... Jeez, I can't remember what we paid because Wes set that up. Uh, I want to say anywhere from eight hundred to three thousand. I can't remember what people are paying. Let's just shoot somewhere in the middle. Okay. Let's call it two grand. Two grand. Halfway between a thousand and three. TABC is responsible for the blue license or no? So we're talking on average two thousand well, dollars. It's it's more health department. TABC is liquor. Okay. Yeah. So the health department's making two thousand dollars per bar turning into a restaurant just to be able to be open. That seems a little shady. Or is it more TABC? It's it's either way. It's it's completely unfair. It's government officials we have to answer to. It's bureaucracy and making money. Yeah. And, and people are already hurting. So why why are we forcing these people to go get blue licenses and spend money that? isn't coming in right now well they a lot of people that was their resort to not being able to open they were like okay they're only allowing restaurants to open so bars were like okay fine we're gonna go get our restaurant license so we can open back up and yeah, i mean there was no i mean you're talking about like june well we'll say july and august when there was no clear definite date of when bars could reopen and I mean, we're we're what October fourteenth is when they finally got to open, and then you still have the twelve year old mayor in Houston, Lena Hidalgo, who's saying that bars can't reopen. Yeah. And you've got a lot of bartenders on different sides of the political spectrum. Uh, some of them are extremely leaning towards the remaining shutdown, and they want the government assistance, and that they shouldn't have to pay rent and all of that. And then you've got the other side, and they just want to go back to fucking work. Yeah, of course. That's- and then you have Lena Hidalgo, who's saying she doesn't care what the governor says. Basically, bars in Houston can't open. And and I, 
I, I said this before. We we financially motivated doctors to um, increase COVID cases, increase COVID deaths. Mm-hmm. They got paid X amount of dollars per COVID death. So you have people dying from car accidents and things like that. Uh, and they're being, they have COVID when they die from a car accident, they're being listed as a COVID death. It just seems like they're incentivizing the health department to convert all the bars into, into restaurants. Well, if, if they get the blue license, they can do it. And then you have, you're coming out two grand mm. to do that. That's just, I'm sorry, that just seems uh, stupid to me. It seems like robbery. A yeah, bit. it's robbery. Yeah. It's extortion. Yeah. So, moving forward, are you guys ready for a possible shutdown number two? Are y'all going to fight it? What are y'all going to do? So, the problem with is that if there's a shutdown number two, this year will be fine. If they do it next year... <laughs> We haven't been open long enough and produced enough food sales to possibly stay open, as with a lot of places. Wow. You know, like, I mean, that's what sucks. Like, you, you do have some of these places that will be able to justify it, because um, a lot of these bars did crawfish, you know. Well, with the exception of this year, but if you're thinking about last year. So, if you look at Exit, who actually does have quite a lot of food sales. They do. They have good food. Yeah, their food's from Woodson's and all that. Yeah, so. the Exit 70 Thieves crawfish is still probably some of the best crawfish in the area. You can fight me on it. They got the raviolis. They do have the raviolis in there. I, I missed crawfish season. I think we all did, and that was really just painful. I missed uh, I missed uh, St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I missed St. Patrick's Day. I, had seen, I was open for St. Patrick's Day. I was in the, like, we were just open... We just opened up three weeks beforehand, mm-hmm. and I was going literally sun up to sundown, oh, okay. trying to keep this place like moving, because we were we were taking in everybody because we were still open. Mm-hmm. Like the week before that, the week before St. Patrick's Day, because we shut down on the nineteenth. Okay. So like the week before, everyone was like, Are "You gonna stay open?" I'm like, "Dude, we're gonna try. I mean, yeah. we, we can't we can't guarantee anything." And we just had people signing up left and right, and I just I had to be here for that. Wow. So I miss I missed St. Patrick's Day, but I missed crawfish season. I missed all these things. And then you know the the media scared the absolute bejesus out of Summer, to where she didn't even want to leave the house. So I was bathing in Purell, <laughs> uh, going everywhere. So that that was just the part that sucked. Well, I mean, I think like. Ignoring the media hype and everything and thinking about the virus itself and thinking about the mask and everything, it's it's good to be considerate is the, the best way I could put it. You know, like I, I prefer not to wear the mask and just socially distance, but I mean, I'm not going to scream at the poor woman work at the front door at Target if she asked me to put a mask on. I'm just going to toss it on. Um, you know, I, I do think about, you know, elderly people, uh, my mother in particular, who's in her mid-60s and a smoker. So if I were to get it and it does nothing to me, it could potentially kill my mother. Yeah, because she has respiratory issues from being a smoker. Right, right. So that's, it was one of those things where I made it a choice to mask up and made sure that, you know, Dylan masked up and kept his hands clean and everything for when we would come back in contact with my mom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's just, she works at the bird unit in Huntsville. So they had her in an outside picket away from everybody. Her and a lot of the elderly guards, they did that. So that's that's a good way of uh, TDC taking care of their long-term, Absolutely. long-term employees. I, I have this extreme aversion to wearing a mask. No. Um, if, someone, if I walk into a place and like, sir, you have to put on a mask, I go, well, that, I, y'all don't need my money today. 
I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I walk around HEB. I'm the only person in the store without a mask on. Nine times out of ten. It, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to wear one just because people don't realize I have respiratory issues. You have asthma. Well, I've also, I have asthma, but when I had my accident, I broke all my ribs. Mm-hmm. And they covered my ribs up and they closed them up for a month. So my ribs help, uh, healed closer together, so it diminished my lung capacity. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, I put on a mask for like a couple minutes, and I'm hyperventilating, mm. and my glasses fog up. I can't breathe. All right. It could be a little bit of anxiety along with it, so I just don't fuck with it. No. And so I, I, I have lots of friends who are extremely health conscious. I have lots of friends who are um, very pro mask. And, and I'm not going to, to, I'll talk shit to him as a friend, but I'm not going to talk shit to him in a very right. serious manner. And I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of that way with it. Yeah. But. I'm not going to call people sheep for wearing a mask. Like, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. And I'm not going to scream at somebody who doesn't want to wear a mask. And yeah. Like, I'm going to do my personal choice and yeah. I'm going to continue on living my life. And I'm My not body, gonna, my choice. Right. <laughs> and I'm not going to film somebody and make them go viral on social media for not wearing a mask or, or that, that idiot chick that destroyed the mask display at Target. First of all, no self-respecting basic white woman disrespects Target like that. I mean, Target is like the mecca for white women. Exactly. And you, I literally can't even with her. You don't pull down a shelf just because you don't like that they're selling masks. Maybe it was... Maybe they, she was offended by the quality of the mask. No, no, no. She just didn't want people to wear a mask. And I feel like her Starbucks card should be taken. Especially pumpkin spice time. Mm-hmm. She should not be allowed to shop on Amazon. She should not be allowed to buy candles. <laughs> <laughs> no Yankee Doodle candle for <laughs> you. No Yankee free. Doodle for candle for you, bitch. Disrespect the Target. Disrespect Target. Are you are you a uh, are you a Starbucks person? I am. Yeah, but I like I like all I like to try a lot of different coffee shops too. I'll try a lot of local as well. I am so weird. I do not like coffee. Really? Well, I, I, I like coffee at my house when I can mix like my sugar free Italian uh, cream <laughs> in it, which is like supposed to be healthy, but it's so bad for you because you know the sheer quantity I put in there. So you like a creamer aficionado or? I, I buy one kind of creamer. I buy and I I'll buy different kinds of coffee. I buy the H E B like specialty coffees like mm-hmm. the Houston, the San Antonio. I'll try out some of theirs, but that's about it. Okay. I'll have like one cup a month. I like the Dunkin' Donuts donut shop when uh, the Starbucks Christmas holiday. I, I'm talking about I the, just like donuts. I'm talking about the coffee pods. Oh yeah. yeah, I had I had I had Uber Eats deliver me or excuse me, DoorDash deliver me Shipley's the other day. I hate you. <laughs> you so. can get like a, I get like a half dozen assorted donuts. Let me just pick whatever you want, and then I have to have my kolaches. Kolaches is a mainstay. Mm-hmm. I I can go to the donut shop and get kolaches all the time, but I have to get like a blueberry cake ice donut, like okay. or the red velvet donuts. I like the cherry iced with sprinkles, or one of the filled bars. That's so weird to me. I I don't like icing. Like I don't like the. I know it sounds so weird. I like plain pop tarts. Hmm. You Not, don't you don't like icing with pop tarts? Yeah, I don't. I'm weird. Do you do like sock shoe, sock shoe when you get dressed <laughs> in the morning too? <laughs> I don't wear socks. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I Seals in the flavor. I, I breeze and I wash my shoes once a week. All right. I, I, I wash my shoes once a week. I'm just a weirdo like that. 
I don't know. It's just kind of funny. I think she did say you go commando. <laughs> <laughs> On the next topic. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, so what's like I said? What's the future? What's the future for you guys? Uh, you know, I mean, we're really hoping, uh, it would have been the plan for 2021, but unfortunately, you know, life happens and COVID happened to all of us. So we're thinking about, you know, 2022 and beyond, we would like to open another location. I would like to have at least four locations before 2025. That'd be cool. So it would just be a series of neighborhood pubs that specialize in craft cocktails with locally sourced ingredients that's you know we're not pretentious about it so your average doe can come in with his wife and their joggers after riding their bikes and have an old-fashioned and sit on the patio and relax if they want to or class a yeah class a as well yeah plenty of class a as well i still cannot find a rep in america for that and i sell more of that than anybody else north of houston really yeah i go through at least a bottle a week of just the reposado i'm not even talking about the mezcal and the plata either i, I tried the mezcal did you like it? I did not. It was weird. It was funky. It was it was like a smoked foot. You know, mezcal is a it's it's like tequila's more exciting cousin is the way it's, that it's it, the dirty cousin. It's the way everybody describes it. It's the uh, the hoe cousin that comes by on Thanksgiving, but she still looks good. It's it's the hoe cousin that comes by and, and leaves you with the clap. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's don't get me wrong. There's some people that like it. I just There's, I was. There's a few good mezcals out there. I've got a buddy of mine. I actually just learned that he was a tight end for the University of North Texas. Uh, my buddy Matt, uh, he represents a legal mezcal. And it's delicious. And, you know, I love, I, I mean, we love Texas football. Nobody hates football in Texas. And, you know, I, for if you're some not, you're not Texan. Exactly. Uh, I mean, he's been such a good friend of mine for a long time. And, you know, I have all these good friends that represent all these brands. And I just want to feature them on my menus. I'm like, you guys have been... My friends forever. Some of you have been my mentors. Some of you I've worked side by side with. And, you know, everything they represent. I'm like, yeah, bring it in here. Maybe you need to see if Matt knows Travis. Because Travis played football at North Texas. They haven't met yet. I mentioned that. But they, uh, I, I mentioned them to each other. But they haven't met yet. Okay. Uh, but Matt is also, he's older than we are. He was in college when you and I were in high school. Oh. So they they wouldn't know each other. Oh, so he's in his forties. Yeah, there's there's an age gap between us. We're, we're pushing forty. <laughs> we're only just pushing it. We're not there yet. I said pushing it. We're pushing forty. Uh, we're knocking on that door. We'll be thirty seven on the twenty seven. Oh, uh, we're knocking on that door next Tuesday. That is not at all depressing. No, it's not. We're on, <laughs> we're on a brunch. What are you talking about? I fucking love brunch. Mimosas. Mimosa. Well, for you, I don't drink. Yeah, that's right. You don't drink. So that's one one topic I did want to talk about. I think. I talk about my addiction openly. Mm -hmm. um, you were kind of forced into um, sobriety. Right. Uh, we'll just call it bad choices. Yeah. What have you noticed, like, since you have become sober? Um, you know, my anxiety levels are still a little bit up and down, but my levels of depression have completely flattened. I'm not miserable the whole time uh, I can see, feel a vast improvement in my physical health uh, the dark circles under my eyes aren't as bad I'm better rested I have better dreams my skin's improved my hair's improved my mood has drastically improved I would say you are happier mm -hmm. like you just like don't get me wrong you still have your 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 awesome shitty wit that I love 
but oh, yeah. like you seem happier. I walked around with a chip on my shoulder for a while, and it was mostly just the depression hangover. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> uh, I've had plenty of those in my life. Yeah, it's you know, it's I've I've learned that. Um, you know, occasionally, like, when I think about drinking, like, I miss the social aspect of it. But, you know, lately, like, I've, I've been going out with friends, like, to go watch live music at the Rustic, which is legally a restaurant, or to Dave and Buster's for Tyler's birthday, or yeah, just go have dinner with friends. And I've learned that, like, I can still have a social life that doesn't have to revolve around drinking. It's like Diet Coke and water or whatever. Right. I see. Topo Chico. Hey, I love a. That's our mocktail. Yeah, that's what we call the mocktail. It's always Topo Chico. I, I I did the Topo and you know fresh squeezed lime. That's like my favorite. I like to get a little bit of squirt of uh, tangerine mio in mine. You know what? I'm gonna try that. Yeah, I get sounds a, delicious. Get a couple of mios and squirt them in your Topo. It's like having flavored sodas without the sugars. I do the pink lemonade. There you when go. I, when I do it. But I, oh, I'm bringing you a little gift. I'm bringing you a gift to your bar. What is it? Well, I, I go to the rest. I go to the restaurant depot, and I go to Houston Cash and Carry, mm-hmm. and I got you some big topos. How big are we talking? One liters. Man, fucking fantastic! I got you like two cases. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Wes is gonna love that. They're like eight to a case, but you know. So Wes is gonna love that. I'll, I love that. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. I got them for you. So, well, uh, I'll probably bring them to you this weekend. Yeah, sobriety hasn't been an awful. I feel like there's. Worst things in life than not being able to drink alcohol. I feel like prison's pretty high up there. Yeah, you know, uh, prison, it, I, I tell people all the time I got DUI in West Virginia. And I spent three days in jail. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. It's I never want to go back. Uh, I actually got sober for six months. And now I drink and I'm like, all right, if I get too far, I'm like, well, Uber. Yeah. I'm good. I'm, I don't want to be that way anymore and i don't stay out i don't close bars down anymore i was gonna say you're right there you don't stay at my place really like you know 11 maybe midnight for you guys typically uh 12 15 12 30 absolute latest and i, I have to leave yeah i don't want to be on the road at 145 past right no like, like that's just asking for, to get pulled over especially mm-hmm. in the area we live in with the cops a lot of them go here a lot of them know who i am I still don't want a DUI. I'm right. good. I, I don't want the $20,000 price tag. Or the uh, the stamp I got on my forehead now. Yeah. Like, don't worry about that. That's um, that's nothing. That's that's the thing. That Time will take care of that. But now that you are sober, now that you, you are a bartender that, you know, uh, bar owner that's sober, have you noticed that your cocktails have gotten different have you noticed changes i mean sobriety does so much for so many people i've noticed a a lot more motivation to create and uh this is where i go back to talking about steve sharma uh if it weren't for steve i would have never been introduced to the flavor bible so i wouldn't be able to just open up like strawberry and read everything that goes with strawberry like he introduced me to that and he introduced me to combining flavors so it's even being sober like it's still been easy to create because i already know what goes in what um if i'm adding citrus i already know that it needs to be aerated uh some drinks i know to be stirred you know what glassware i want them in and i even got i felt like such a happy little kid i got a sketchbook and then a the, I call it the ones we always wanted when we were children, which was the big box of color pencils. Ah, <laughs> like the, just like the 
the brick. The brick, yeah. And it's got the, the sharpener oh, yeah. on the very bottom, kind of like the big box of crayons had. And I have basically a little cocktail sketchbook. That, oh, so you just go to work. Yeah, so when I'm, I'm sitting in my room bored and I'm sitting there and I'm, like, I'm thinking about a color and thinking about a glassware and all that, so I'll sketch out the glassware and then I'll draw out the color of the drink that I wanted to turn out and then I'll doodle some garnishes. That's pretty adorable. It, it's very adorable. Yeah, I, I just, I'm a little kid. I'm just basically coloring in my room at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I can't sleep, so uh, I'll put, put foot on it. Yeah, it's being nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Like, I, I've come a long way from, like, a year ago around this time. I would be, like, hammered stuffing my space with Whataburger and watching whatever's on Netflix and crying about, insert guy's name here. I'm not going to lie. Whataburger is always good. Whataburger's always good. Whataburger or in and out. And then, you know, a year from now, I'm a business owner that colors at 3 o'clock in the morning. So it's so weird how a lot can change in a year. You know... I talk about uh, the business and where we came from, and I, I look at um, the grand scheme of things, and I look at like the craziness that has come from uh, the hard times here. And now I go home almost every night now, which is great. I get off a lot earlier than I used to, and I sit there and I, I I'll be on my phone or I'll be. And I'll sit there and think about designs for our apparel. I, and I, if I get an idea, I'll, I'll make a note in my phone or I'll pull out the laptop and I'll start drawing it. And I just think about things now. Like, I feel a lot clearer. The only time I'll have a drink is usually on the weekend. Um, I don't like drinking during the week anymore. I like, I, I'll save it for like a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, that's the way my brain works now. That, that moment of clarity uh, that comes with just working and going all right how can i progress now now that i'm you know enjoying it i have clear head how can i progress my business further mm-hmm. and i and i totally get it like three, mine's not three o'clock in the morning anymore but it's definitely you know when i'm off and my brain's starting to clear up and mm-hmm. fire again so I'm, three o'clock in the morning for me is like 7 p.m to you like, yeah you and i are on i'm i'm on opposite sleep schedules from everyone so like that's why, like, a friend of mine texted me at 8.30 in the morning. I was like, did somebody die? <laughs> like, what, you, what is wrong with you? Do I have court or anything? Am I in trouble? Why are you texting me? I just <laughs> did went, I miss the doctor's appointment? I, I went to bed three hours ago. Go home. Go away. Cl- text somebody Text somebody that was in traffic with you on the way to work today. Leave me alone. If you really were, if you got the text at 8.30 in the morning, you up? Yeah. The ultimate booty call text You got me fucked up. Go back to work. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things, like... Um, it's a, it's a bartender thing. A lot of us are getting home at the same time. Some of you were just getting up. So while we're sleeping, you guys are working. And then a lot of people just confuse, like, you know, they think that all bartenders do is just sleep all day and pour drinks and then party and go to bed. But really, like... Are... You're totally killing my buzz right now because I thought that's all you do. No, 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 I don't know. I mean, you know, aside from the cocaine and human sacrifices... There's there's a lot that goes into the uh, to the profession, but our our sleep schedules are just opposite of your nine to fivers. We're we're five to threeers, and y'all are nine to fivers. Like it's it's just how we operate. And and uh, but what was it four a.m. for the human sacrifice and cocaine? Usually the cocaine leads up to the human sacrifice. Like you do it off the human sacrifice while they're still alive. But that's that's just to be petty. I like your style. Mm-hmm. I like your style. That's how you keep it original. 
And it's like, haha, you're dying. I'm going to do this rail off your tummy. God, I'm so sorry, my kid. I'm, my son's probably like, I'm kidding, son. Dylan, if you're listening, I'm just joking. She's totally kidding. She does oh. She does the rail off their ass. Yes. In their ass. In their ass. In their ass. Make a pocket. Butter. Butter? Butter. Trouble. Oh, God. Cocaine trouble butter? <laughs> That's like everybody's nightmare. <laughs> That's You're how, turning so red right now. That's how you make crack. That's how you make crack. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine troubler makes crack. Oh, oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> well, I, th- I think now's a good time as any. Let's let's plug the business. Okay. Where can they find it? You can find the Blue Lion Pub in the Grogan's Mill Village Center. Okay. Uh, right next to the Woodlands Resort, uh, where they just yanked that Randall's. Awesome. You got social media? We do. We are on Facebook at the Blue Lion Pub, the Woodlands. And then we are on uh, Instagram for the Blue Lion Pub, the Woodlands, with underscores in between each word. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I know you're hiring a photographer soon. I have one in mind that goes to this gym. and He's all right. I mean, he's all right. He's all right. But he, son of a bitch. All I did, all I did, all I, you know, you want to be a really good cocktail bartender for him, but all he does is drink beer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I can just imagine me like presenting like, well, here's here's this beautiful cocktail. I spent about eight hours just, you know, making the basil cry into this syrup before I could boil it. And Levi's like, all right, can I get a Carboc? Hey, Carboc, a little tahini on the rim. Yeah, a little tahini on my Carboc. I don't want this. I drink beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly Levi. That's Levi. So I can't wait to see what he does with your cocktails mm-hmm. and how beautiful they are. But um, guys, if you if you give them a follow, check them out. Um, go in, tell them you heard Christy on the Heathen Culture podcast talking about uh, turning uh, cocaine and truffle butter into crack. Uh, she'll probably hook you up for you. But uh, go say hi to her, say what's up, give them a follow on social media, reach out to them, send them messages. Uh, don't send dick pics because she's not into that. I will literally show everybody your dick. Show them your asshole. Real men show asshole. No, I will send that to everybody. I will send those around like Pokemon trading cards. You know, that should be the new, like, uh, Cards Against Humanity. Assholes <laughs> Against Humanity. Assholes Against Humanity. This celebrity's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this is Will Smith's asshole. I thought it was Halle Berry. <clears throat> Shit. Shit. But uh, give him a follow, guys. Uh, listen, I, we get to talk about crazy shit all the time, and... You know, we always always ask, hey, what's off limits? What's on limits? And she uh, she didn't say anything was off limits, but I'm I'm being kind for uh, Dylan's sake right now. <laughs> we'll get her on when we're gonna, I'm gonna change the Spotify password so he can't listen to this. Later. Oh, I'm, te- I'm texting him the Apple link. <laughs> Shit. Hey, buddy, this one's for you. Um, but yeah, guys, give us a follow if you like what you heard. Leave a leave a review. Subscribe. Download all that wonderful. Follow Miss Christy Lee Sides. She waved at the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, give them a follow, guys. Y'all have a wonderful day. Be blessed. And adios, motherfuckers. And adios, motherfuckers. And adios, motherfuckers. 